All right, we talk about the stories of the four outdoorsmen. Usually we have about, oh, one hour worth of stories. Now we got about 57 minutes worth of stories. Hey, I had Sarah Morris on this show. Oh, she's more important than us, right? <laughs> Feel free to call the studio line and complain to Brandon. <laughs> I'm answering the phone. 763. Hey, Brandon is as good as they come, and he went through some issues with a computer apparently, but he oh, fixed it. Oh, it was a nightmare. The, you fixed it for the four outdoorsmen. That's the most important thing. There was a exaggerated amount of dead air earlier oh, today. And yeah, the light, the phones were lighting up then, that's for sure. Hmm. Well, welcome to the Four Outdoors, everybody. Strewman here, Steve Strasinski, Sam Oftedal, Mark Lukey, and Brandon Baxter behind the glass. And we have a lot of fun every Sunday in the Four Outdoorsmen. And we've got some great guests tonight. We'll talk more about that later. But how was your week, Sam? T- you look a little tired. Where were you today, yeah, Sam? Yeah, he was busy. Uh... <laughs> Sambo was at the football oh, was at, game. We were at the Vikes game. Wow, uh, that yeah. was fun to watch, what I saw. It was really fun. What made it a really, really fun was we had cousins from the East Coast. Who, New York. Yeah, who loved the hey, New York I'm Jets. From New York. They loved the Jets, J-E-T-S. They like cannolis? Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> no, so that that was fun, and you know he wore his whole Jets get up. Yeah. And they, they, I tell you what, I told you guys this in the hallway. They tra- The Jets travel well. That's not cheap to, to fly no. for... F- 500 bucks round trip to go to a football game. That's going to cost you 500 bucks here. And you know what's funny is like you can definitely tell apart the um the fans that live here that just like New York, but you can t- pick them apart easily from people from who, oh, yeah. New York who came here for the game. <laughs> like and there was a lot of come on, they ain't you know, scared like, of nobody. I bet they were 5 foot 6, you know. <laughs> Were, were they real the quiet in the first half, and then they got loud oh, near yeah. the end? I oh, bet. yeah. No, it was fun. I, I'm going to bring up a pet peeve. It was, it was yes. picking at me all the game. Mm-hmm. So it was the Minnesota Vikings playing the New York Jets. Yes, sir. Why the heck do people go to a football game and wear a completely different <laughs> jersey? I saw a guy in a full San Francisco getup. He had jogging pants, a jersey, a hat, a guy with Cowboys – like stuff, I'm you like, see that all why, the time. Why too. would why yeah. would you go, come to a Vikings versus Jets game? We're in freaking San Francisco. Get because you must you, you must be wanting to pull for one of the two teams. Why wear the 49ers outfit? Like, yeah, I don't get makes... it. Like what the guy think? Like all right, I'm, I'm not. I don't really like either team. Yeah. I'll just wear this. You know. You know, people are uh, people are, are are dying of starvation in the Sahara Desert. You're worrying about uniforms of people that are wearing to go to a, a football game. I guess you can't wear a Kiss shirt to a Metallica concert. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. 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 Speaking of Metallica's coming here. Yeah. I saw that Pantera. Five years from now. Oh, oh, you're right. It is like 2024. Yeah. Opening up for him. I might I, have to pull my 93X connections if I still have any and get. Some and if you that. have connections, you, I, see, uh, Mark used to work for KQRS and and he had a lot of connections. Those all the hard rock stuff super stew who works part-time for the minnesota twins is lucky in 2023 in august august 8th is the eighth, the date and i get a, a chance to see blue that young lady is a blue? superstar like the blue man group is it pink it's pink oh her pink. name is pink <laughs> he knew it was a yeah. color i'll give it him was, i knew it was a no. color it was, a was color. that a gender reveal is it right a there? Girl? <laughs> no, I, I don't know it i just, I just something I called pink something called pink is coming to the tar- <laughs> to uh target field i went to peg to you as a pink fan i don't know who pink is well, you get to go. All right, Brandon. Brandon, give me one song with Pink. When we when we cash out of here between before the break, okay, you find a Pink I can song do that. and make and sure lose it's a, all of our listeners in one go. <laughs> and right? I can talk, I can I can guarantee this right now. My wife's listening at home, and she's making fun of my peas because I always pop my peas, you know. And, and uh, I blow air in her face all the time on purpose. But yeah, find me a song that I would recognize that is by 
pink. Now, also, I want to ask you, Sam, you're talking a little bit about it when Mark was there. Your kids go to what school? Epiphany Catholic Epiphany. School, yep. Wow, that's a, that's, that's a nice school. Yeah. And you were there for what? You had to raise some funds for the school and all. Tell me what happened. That was a lot of fun. Great stories there. This, this could probably go, you know, it's like that, is it white, is it blue dress? Is it gala or gala? Gala. I, I go gala. gala. It's gala, gala for me. I say gala. I do too. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, we had a uh, uh, a gala gala last night. Um, um, Did they serve any tomatoes? Yeah. No, they had tomatoes. <laughs> no, but uh, potatoes. Yeah. yeah keep it, going. It, keep going. It was good. You know, they we raised a lot. It was to raise money for the school. Um, you know, it's a, a church funded school, and they do a heck of a job. I can tell you what. Like, I have a second grader and a first grader there. I can truly see the difference like in my kids mm-hmm. um and the four doorsman is brought to you by yeah. <laughs> Epiphany school yeah. for kids yeah and you know i we so we, we had this big fundraiser last night and it was it was exhilarating it's the first one i went to and i was telling you guys so they do like, like you wear a suit or something oh yeah you're dressed in the nines and um i, I wore this <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, so they had a, I'd say 150 baskets you can you can bid on. Kirsten's big uh thing she wanted to do was so cute. She's like it was a helicopter ride for two. <coughs> I said, "Kirsten, there's a weight limit in these little helicopter rides. Yeah. If I go with you, it's more it's like a little three. it's like a hover. We're yeah. just going to get up 2-3 feet." So she switched and she won a cool ride along with uh, the Coon Rapids police, which is fun. Um but the best part about it was that they had a live auction, and they had this group come in. It was a father and a, uh, like four sons, and they were like the true singing auctioneers. True. Oh man, no, no, no! Yeah. I got up and I like him in here, and I'm on here. It's and impressive. Like, and like all his boys, are like yeah, yeah, like going around, and you're just like you just wanted to throw your number up. It was you're like, bidding on stuff just because you're getting like, excited. Like Strew said, you know the auctioneer is really, really good when they think you won. Yeah. Even though you're paying for yeah, it, yeah. like they think you won. Well, the reason, the reason I won I said, at the cash machine. Yeah, but the reason I said that, Brandon, is because he's saying yeah, I won. Uh, I forget what it was, and and I said you didn't win. No, no, you, oh, you mean it. you bought it in an auction? Yeah, but I won. No, no, you paid for it. So you won the yeah. auction. That's you a good. Auction. That's a good auction. You got a good make, deal on it, though, right? I yeah, mean, you would have paid yeah. more. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but here's the deal, though. It's a really good ROI for me because I have. Four kids, two of them already in the school. All the money raised goes to drive down tuition. Yeah. So well, you know like, what? I really I pay it now the, or pay it later. Yeah. Yeah. I miss the Epiphany Diner at the uh, yeah. State Fair. That was yeah. like my favorite spot to go eat. Still yeah. there, isn't it? Nope. No, they did that. They shut that down a while years ago. ago yeah. yeah, really. But yeah, it was a great time. Um, so was, what did you win? I, sure. Thank you for asking. I won <laughs> um, like a hat, a quarter. I think it was a quarter Ooh. a half. Cat beef cool. from, from the uh, you know what I was telling you, you didn't hear this true you don't know if it was a quarter or a half <sighs> it's a big difference <laughs> <laughs> it's for the kids <laughs> uh, so uh, that's like double yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> it's a either half or half of a half um, so this auctioneer knew Father Duffner our priest and came with his family volunteered their time to do this auctioneer and donated like that's, that's beef. Cool. And I guess it's like really, really award-winning tender. According it's to the a cow. It is yeah. a cow. You won't tell the difference. It's a cow. That's not true. I have bought a That's cow, true. and it, it is like it, chewing when on When you leather. buy a cow from someone, it's way better than the grocery store. Will you store. please yes. spell, spell boughten? 
B-O-U-G-H-T-O-N. I don't think that, is there such a word? I, I better look that one up. Brandon, help us out again. True. Spell so, kiss my. All right. So you so you won half a cow. What else did you win? This one I'm excited about. It's a f- for ten people, an all day exclusive and dinner pheasant hunt with our main priest. Father That's cool. Duffner. Yeah, it is. That's cool. And nice. it, it's it's cool. You know, like like I said, it's it was very fun. They're very they're very smart about it. You get your own little waiter or waitress, and they. Know how to bring the drinks, especially before. Yeah, no oh, kidding. Yeah. And I was yeah. telling Mark, the auctioneer was like, "All right, everybody, raise your left hand. Okay, raise your right hand. Raise your left again. We're gonna keep doing it all night, all night." Like, <laughs> it was just really, really good. So, I gotta tell you, I did, this is an outdoor show. This is the four outdoors, my everybody. Thanks for listening. You, I suppose you just figured that out right now, but but I had a chance. I talked to Mark about this. Maybe Sam as well. Last week, we have a cabin in Chitek, Wisconsin. I saw an article in the paper about a guy who, 87 years old. He's hunted with one gun for 75 years. The same 30-30 for 75 years. Has he years. cleaned it? I have no idea. My guess is, yeah, I know the guy. name is Jim. I forget his last name already, but I met him uh, a couple of days back. I'm guessing he's one of those guys. He's old school. He, I'm sure he cleaned it. Mm-hmm. So uh, big story about his uh, some of the things he saved over his life, his 75 years of hunting and, and everything since he was a little kid farming and all of that. So. I called him up, and I went to his house and spent two hours with him and his wife, Artie, I think her name is, and I saw some of the coolest thing in that old pole barn. He's got a, Jim and Artie's, whatever it is, museum. He's got a sign in front of his yard, you know, family That's museum. Cool. And there were some things in there that it was just amazing that he Would it saved. be like American Pickers? You ever watch that uh, show? Yeah, I think American Pickers would find a few things in there. As a matter of fact, I'm going to become really good friends with Jim because <laughs> there's a few things that I saw that I'm going to ask him if I can buy. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I asked him. I forget what it was I asked him about. I says, what, what's, what are you gonna, what's the price of this one? That's not for sale. Ask him. I know what it was. They it was always say he's got that. a couple old the like, hoarders always say that. He's got a couple of old Santa sleighs, you know, that were about a hundred years and they're still under tarps. They still have the like the velvet seats and all of that. And uh, I said, what would, what would you sell this one for? I'm not selling this one. You know, that's cool. All old farm things. There's a lot of things that are over 100 years in that pole barn. And then he takes me, and we're done. I think I'm done. And Jim says, come on in the house. Have some coffee and donuts. And I meet his wife. We sit down, and he shows me a gun. And, Jim, you, uh, you've got my phone number. I think you're listening. i got to get a hold of you and find out. It's, it's like an old Russian shotgun. It's got, it shoots two shells. I forget what kind. Of, and he says, I can guarantee you. I'm the only guy who's got one of these. And I don't know. It's an old, old gun as well. Are you sure it's Russian? Was it Belgium? I, I have no idea. I was, I'm one of these guys who thinks about what I'm going to say instead of listening to the so people. So he shoots deer mm. with a double-barrel shotgun? <laughs> no, no. That, that, was, that I, wasn't being shot by oh, anything. Not I appreciate all. your honesty. Did you hear what he said? <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm one of those people who doesn't listen. I'm just thinking about what I'm going to say next. <laughs> <laughs> Truer words yeah. have never yeah. been spoken. Oh, never True. would have. Ask him to. And he had last one. Then, but he had... Uh, he had a guitar that he got from relatives, grand, great grandpa down to grandpa down to his uncle. That's so cool. 1855. 1855 is still in its original box. I saw oh. it. Original strings and everything. Cool as heck. So, uh, uh, hi to Jim and Shari. Uh, already a good shout out. And I'm going to stand. We're gonna, he's going to take me for a full wheel ride around his 200 acres in, in Chitek. I'm looking forward to nice. that. I was going to say, really, you know, if uh, that gun he probably had was a Winchester 94. And they don't make them like they used to. He doesn't need to clean that gun. Is that, <laughs> right? That gun will run, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Just pour some it's sand like down stuff. it. Yeah, old stuff. They just It just works. And that Winchester 94, at, that, that won the West. During the commercial break, I will call Artie, I mean Jim, and get the, the, those two answers of the yeah. guns. Go ahead, Mark. Go ahead, buddy. 
Well, um, we should probably talk some outdoors here. Yeah. I, this weekend, I went to the St. Paul Ice Fishing Show. That's right. Had a great time. Saw lots of our friends, including Susie. Bill Katz was uh-huh. there. Uh-huh. Um, Susie of Devil's Lake, right. Susie of Devil's Lake. She's looking forward to us coming out there in January. Right. And um, I, I feel bad. Some Like, I, I saw Shannon Cruz, a lot of friends of the show. But they're always working and talking to people. Like, I saw Scott Merwin, who's a great friend of ours. Right. Been, he's been on the show a million times. He's taking me and my boys fishing, and I, I'm standing there, and you know a lot of people want to talk to him because he's a pro, and he's he's out there. And I, I stood there for like 15 straight minutes, and you know how you're like awkwardly in the background? Yeah. He can see you. Yeah. He knows I'm waiting. You can't really cut this other guy off. Right. He gives like you the eye look every 45 seconds. So then, then I'm always like, all right, I'll talk to you later. Yeah. And you know that happened like three or four times with like Dave Gens. I wanted to say hi. But there's like a line of like 40 people to take pictures with him. So, so you're I, saying the crowds were were really strong. It wasn't crazy on Friday when I went, but I went you know middle of the day Friday. Yeah. Luckily with my job, I can tell them I'm working and go to the ice show all day. So it wasn't crazy mid afternoon. I heard Saturday was really busy. Um, you know, a lot of people were there, but um, I, I saw so many people, but I couldn't talk to them all. Basically, did you see anything new that interests you? That, that, that I mean, oh, there's this always, is a cool idea. There's always lots of new little gimmicks and stuff. The thing I love about those shows, and about ice fishing especially, is there's so many like Bill, where like they're sitting around. We need a solution to this tiny, minute problem that right. happens yep. every once exactly. in a while. So they will design something completely, and tour the country in ice shows selling this one thing. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I like those kind of things. Other How than that, you? I mean. There isn't a whole lot of, you know, revolutionary things in tackle or rods or anything. But, you know, live scopes are big now, obviously. Um, I know someone, I think, has a bunch of those for sale. Yes. Capra's. Capra's Capra's sporting store. Who's Who's got got live scopes? (laughs) Capra's has deals. (laughs) If you need a live scope, go to Capra's. Great blooper reel, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) So, overall, I think... um, you know, things are in stock now, which they weren't for mm-hmm. two years. So people are excited to buy. I mean, everyone's walking around with, with stuff. Electric augers are the thing now. No one oh, buys yeah. a gas auger anymore. And it's a race to the bottom to see who can get the lightest one. Yeah, you know. the lightest and the <clears throat> cheapest, which is good for consumers. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, you know, if you were if you were hesitant, I was hesitant to get uh, electric forever, right? Yeah. You know, I just didn't want to mess with it, but... Man, they're just so handy not to have gas. Yeah, especially if you're in a house, you know, a permanent house. You got to mm-hmm. redrill your holes. You don't have to open up the windows and air it out. I think I'm going to get – so right now I have a, um, one of the clam bits, you know. Um, the K-drill. The K-drill. Uh, I think I might upgrade to a real one. Which one should I get? I'd get uh, either the Strike Master or the Ion Alpha Plus. Yeah. Real quick on that, like, Bill Katz. Us as outdoorsmen and fishermen, we have to be so thankful for guys – who have the cojones to take an idea, yeah. get it made, yeah. and go and pound the pavement? Right. And they're you know they're they're show warriors. Yeah. And they finally hit it. And they're not getting rich off anything, no, but, but they're, they're solving a problem yeah. and they're providing. You know it how many times we've all like, I should have thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know it. it you well, and how many guys that. think of a perfect thing but and don't, don't do follow it. It through? Yeah. And if you're new listeners, uh, well, Katz, Bill Katz is one of our friends, and he did, he invented, designed Katz covers. K A T Z covers with a K as well, and it's a, a not plastic. I guess it's a yeah. hard plastic yeah. with that you can put over your fish hole to prevent you from dropping stuff in, like your cell phone, your glasses, and all of that. But you still can fish the way this yeah. thing is set up, and it's 
It costs 15, 20 bucks, and it's amazing. And it saved a lot of stuff from going down the hole already. Yeah. And that's Bill Katz, so good for him. You yeah, bet. we he brought him in um, a week and a half ago. We've actually been selling like really well. Like nice. people have seen him and bought. And that propane thing he talked about, right. we brought those in too. And the I Katz brought, caddy. Yeah, that's right. That a boy. And uh, I should have known that. And people have caught on to those too. Once you explain it to them, they're like, "That is genius." All right. That All right, let me hear some pink music, buddy. You got some pink music? Uh-oh, where is he? He's got it. Uh-oh. Yeah, this is my favorite song for sure. This is for, Here we go. This is for Asher Torbeck. I know this one. I know this go. one. All right, bring it down. Bring it down, buddy. <laughs> uh, we, got, we got a show to do. No, hang oh. on, guys. Be right back with Asher Torbeck. You got to hear this story, but this guy got a deer. I think it was eight point buck, and another another animal helped him get this deer. It's crazy. Be right back. Checking in with the four outdoorsmen. Find them at mybobcountry.com under the weekend tab. You've heard us talk about Devil's Lake for quite a while now, and there are many, many reasons why. To think that 30 years ago, Devil's covered about 85,000 acres. Today, that same body of water is over 160,000 acres, and that story alone brings the curious to visit this wonderful place. But it's the no-slot limit on walleyes with five a day and ten of possession. That's yeah, bringing the four outdoorsmen to Devil's Lake as often as we can. Devil's Lake, North Dakota, rated one of the top five fisheries in the uh, entire country. Visit devilslakeND.com, and thanks. Clam Outdoors has what ice anglers need for ice fishing this winter. From portable fish traps and pop-up hub shelters to ice armor by clam outerwear and cold weather gear to stay warm on those cold winter days. Along with a wide array of accessories, clam pro tackle, frost ice line, rods, reels, and combos, and so much more. Whether you're a hardcore or casual ice angler, clam has what you need for ice fishing. Check out the full line of ice fishing gear at clamoutdoors.com. Winter is not the time to have problems with your furnace. Get the best behavior out of your home heating and cooling system with the Zeal Service Partner Plan. For just $9.99 a month, get professional priority service, two high-performance checks per year, no after-hours or emergency service charge, and much more. For the price of fancy coffee, the Dezeal Service Partner Plan can catch small problems before they are big ones. Call the top dog now and get January through March free. Dezeal Heating and AC, serving Wright County and West Metro. Learn more at DezealHVAC.com. Mark here. Maybe you had a chance to go to the ice show. It was just too busy. Maybe you didn't feel like going into St. Paul and you missed out on that special thing that you wanted for this season. But guess what? Cappers has a solution. I'm here with the owner. What solution do you have for people that didn't get what they wanted? Yeah, if you didn't get anything you wanted this weekend at the ice show or weren't able to go, didn't want to pay for the parking or deal with it, come on down to Cappers this week. I'm going to match any deals that were at the show. We have tons of ice fishing gear in stock ready to go, so stop on by at 8565 Central Avenue, Capra's Outdoors. Tired of losing your valuables down the ice fishing hole? Our friend Bill Katz with BK Outdoors LLC has the most simple, affordable solution on the market. Katz covers are a strong polycarbonate hole cover you can stand on and fish through. Your phone, electronics, keys, kids, and pets can now be safe with this simple solution. Go to CatsCovers.com. That's K-A-T-Z-K-O-V-E-R-Z.com. Made in Minnesota, a veteran-owned company. You can order your directly or visit one of Bill's great retail partners to get yours now. 
You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a big winter fan. So if I can't beat them, I got to join them. And I do that exactly by ice fishing as often as I can when I get near Ely. And who do I turn to? Ely, Minnesota's Arrowhead Outdoors, the largest and only bait tackle store that is open all year round in Ely. And I'll tell you what, great service starts with commitment. And commitment starts with passion. And Chris and Steve, yeah, they've got all of that. Why was Arrowhead Outdoors voted the best fishing outfitter in Minnesota? There's only one way to find out. ArrowheadOutdoorsElyMN.com. Check them out. Hey, it's Brandon from The Homegrown Show. And Strewman here from The Four Outdoorsmen. And we're going to take you fishing this winter. Join us for the 2023 Bob FM Winter Walleye Connection at Ballard's Resort. You know where that is? That's beautiful Lake of the Woods. And that's February 5th through the 8th. The deadline for registration is December 15th. And we always fill up, so you better hurry and go to BallardsResort.com. Or call 1-800-776-2675 and tell them you want to join the 2023 Bob FM Winter Walleye Connection. The number one request of deployed soldiers is take care of my family. The Minnesota Military Family Foundation does just that. We help military families when they have an unexpected financial crisis. I respect soldiers and their families because of their sacrifices for us. One way you can honor a soldier's request and show your respect is to donate. Go to minnesotamilitaryfamilyfoundation.org. Another way is to aggressively say thank you to members of military families. Yes, we as a community do take care of our military families. Thank you, military families, and thank you, Bob FM. And sponsored by Open Jar Concepts. Attention, this is an important message for anyone that has been diagnosed with cancer after being exposed to Roundup or other weed killers. The Internal Agency for Research on Cancer warned that overexposure to Roundup and other weed killers may increase the risk of developing non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Monsanto, the manufacturer of Roundup, may have known that Roundup and other weed killers were likely linked to organ damage and cancer. This information was hidden from the public as proprietary trade secrets since 1981, and Monsanto may have failed to warn of the potential risk of cancer. If you or a loved one has been diagnosed with cancer after being exposed to Roundup or other weed killers, you may be entitled to significant compensation. Call us now at 800-692-4172. Our network of attorneys are ready to fight for you, and you'll pay nothing unless there's a recovery in your favor. Call now for a free consultation at 800-692-4172. You must protect your legal rights. Call 800-692-4172. Again, 800-692-4172. Total Country Bob FM. All right, we're getting right back to it, all right? Thanks, everybody. Strewman here, the four outdoorsman. This is not Asher who's on the phone right now. This is going to be Craig Munson. Craig, are you there, my friend? Yeah, I am, Steve. All right, Craig, hang on a second. Can you hear me? I can hear you very, very well. We were talking about a gentleman that I met in Chatech just a couple of days ago. Uh, Jim and Artie, his wife's name is, and he had some old stuff, and I had a chance to tour his barn. And the gun that he's been using... The 30-30 he's been using for 71, 72 years now, he's 87 years old, is a Stevens. I never heard of a Stevens 30-30. Have you, Craig? Uh, you know, I haven't. Uh, so, uh, you know what? Uh, I'm 67, and uh, uh, I have a, a good friend, uh, Tony Schwab, that really knows guns, and uh uh, I'm going to have to ask him if he uh, even uh, has heard of it. All right, ask him if he knows about the Stevens 3030. If, if he was born, if he's 87, you can figure out how old he is. I'm too slow for that. But also, he showed me a shotgun he's got. I believe it's a 12 gauge. I, I just called him in the in uh, the break here. I says, Jim, we're, we're on the air right now. But what's the name of that shotgun? He goes, I have no idea. But he said, <laughs> he said it's an old. Sh- he said uh, it's a, a two shot Bowser. 
bolt action, I think is what he said. And I never heard of that. And it's an old, he said, I, I probably have the only one in the world. Have you ever heard of a two-shot two Bowser shotgun? No. All no, right. that, uh, uh, that's pretty unique. All right. He's a cool he, guy. He's got lots. I just I developed a great relationship with this guy. He can't wait. He's a wonderful guy, and so is yeah. his wife. Okay, let's talk about Craig. Craig Munson is a friend of ours. Uh, we've, we've had him on the show a number of times, and, and I call him the handicapped hunter because you're not even supposed to be here. Multiple myeloma, we all know about that, and you keep beating it and beating it and beating it to the point that your wife's got to get – she's got to be getting bored. I mean, it's just, you, <laughs> well, <clears throat> you know, the, the doctors down at Mayo uh, – where I, I go, uh, they're, they're amazed because uh, when I was diagnosed uh, back in 1999, they actually gave me one to three years uh, with it uh, was the, the average. And uh, <clears throat> I'll be going on 24 years here come uh, July 12th. Boy, be proud of yourself. And every day is a gift. I say it all the time. And I know every year you go through a couple of months of hell just to get back to where you are right now. I remember the first time I met you, you were like 160 pounds. You're normally about 230. But you keep bouncing back because you love the outdoors and you keep hunting and fishing. What have you done the last couple of years in the outdoors, fishing and hunting? Well, you know, uh, uh, I love my uh, my trips to Canada, especially to uh, Lac Sewell. <clears throat> and uh, we made a, a fall trip uh, um, the last week in September, first week in October. And there was some unbelievable fishing that we had, Steve. Uh, but what was really cool is that, uh, you know, <clears throat> as we've been going, you know, we started bringing our sons and... Uh, and now our sons are having uh, their sons, and uh, we had uh, a uh, <clears throat> Ben, his son Garrett, uh, was on the trip this fall, and we were actually fishing walleyes. And Ben's uh, son Garrett uh, tied into a 46-and-a-half-inch muskie, <laughs> and uh, he actually got it in the boat. <clears throat> so we had some pictures, and I, I think I, I sent you a picture of Ben yeah, and his did. son holding that muskie. Yeah. And so, you know what, uh, um, that is probably one of my, my best trips. I actually made two trips this year, one in the spring and one in the fall. And uh, But the fall trip, the weather was beautiful. The fishing was, uh, you know, <clears throat> a fa- fabulous in Laxul. They've done a great job with the uh, uh, slot size, <clears throat> so they kept the fishery in, in really good shape. And uh, you know what, uh, you can't beat a shore lunch. Oh, yeah. uh, You're right. You know, <clears throat> a shore lunch uh, up there, and uh, you'll like this. When I was actually in my deer stand many, many years ago, I designed a, a shore lunch box. <clears throat> so when we uh, actually pull up on the shore, instead of everyone wondering who brought this and who brought this, we had everything in the box <clears throat> that we need, and each year we carved the names of the uh, – the guys on the trip. So, oh, that's uh, wonderful. It's be- yeah, it's become a pretty uh, neat uh, keepsake for all of us. Like Mark says at the end of our <laughs> show every Sunday, you know, uh, get outside and make some memories. And, you know, you're thankful to God every day that you're still here because 20 years ago you should have been gone, according to the, the experts. Right. Now, now, back to shore lunch. Remember the, the, the original shore lunch product, the crumbs and all that in the box? And remember the original shore lunch? Yeah. All right. Sam Oftedal, who's one of our partners here on the show, he and his family just bought 
uh, Capra's on Highway 65, the sporting goods store. The yep. family, Gene Capra and his family, his dad, designed, invented Shore Lunch 50 years ago, Sam? I, it was sometime in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, like early 90s. 30 years okay. ago, he invented Shore Lunch. And I get this is public information, so oh, I yeah. can share that, and which is cool. Now, there's all kinds of different Shore Lunch breadings mm-hmm. for your fish. But after a couple of years in business, um, Meadow, what's it called? Who bought it? General Mills. General Mills bought Shore Lunch for $8 million. <laughs> oh, wow. $8 million. Yeah, but that's a cool, cool yeah. deal. Now, you told me a story. Hang on. You told me a story about fishing this last fall, unlike Sewell, where you caught, what, four walleyes over 20 inches in five minutes? Correct. Uh, and, and you know, I uh, my buddy that was in my boat, uh, Jeff Worms, uh, who was a, a, a kid I grew up with, uh, um, he finally looked at me and said, "Craig, I can't even get my uh, jig in the middle in the water because I'm I'm netting your damn fish." <laughs> and uh, it, it was just, you know what, one of those uh, moments and, and times, and uh, you know that you you'll never forget, uh, and. Uh, so, you know, uh, I've been trying to, to figure, I think I've been going to Canada probably about 49 years, wow. almost 50 years. Wow. And, uh, you know, we started off going to Roland Lake uh, and then Vaughn and and then um, over at Lynx and then finally to Lac Sewell. And, uh, you know, if you haven't fished uh, Lac Sewell, it's, uh, it's an unbelievable uh, fishery to uh, to fish. Well, I've known you for four or five years now, and I've never been asked to go to Lac Sewell with Craig Munson. So one of these days, one of these days, Steve, it might happen. You know, you know, Steve, just to get a hold of you is tough. It <laughs> okay. is. I know that. It is. I know that. A, <laughs> you're in such a demand, but yeah. uh, you know, I was listening to your show earlier, and I, uh, my uncle was an auctioneer. Okay. Yeah. And the, and the joke in our family is that my uncle made my aunt raise her bid three different times, and no one else was bidding against her. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sign of a good auctioneer. That's yeah, funny. That, yeah, that's our definition on the Munson uh, side, what a good auctioneer is. He can get you to raise your own bid, and no one else is bidding against you. That's and she wonderful. was happy about it, probably. Yeah. And, she, and she won. Yeah, and she won, yeah, like Sam says. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Hey, let's but, get uh, Now, you've been hunting. I know you're, you're still with Wild Wings. You're still training dogs as well, and good for you. Let's get uh, to deer hunting. We just wrapped up deer hunting both in Wisconsin and Minnesota. How have the last couple of years, did you get out the last couple of years to go deer hunting? Well, uh, I did this year. Um, prior to that, I, I had some challenges with my multiple myeloma that I, I did. But uh, this year I, I did, and, and actually I, I did something uh, that I haven't done before, is that I had my trail camera out uh prior to the hunting season <clears throat> and in the early fall. And I was able to uh, spot this one uh, beautiful buck. Uh, uh, he was a 10-point buck. And I I made the, the decision that that was the only deer I was going to shoot this year, okay? And, and, and where, so, where is, is this Wisconsin, know, Minnesota? Where is this? This was out in uh, Cumberland, Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah. And, and and so you know what uh, I was able to uh, to go out there. Uh, I ha- 
had uh, plenty of my chances of, of uh, small bucks and uh, does come by. But, you know, it was kind of special trying to get just one deer, a special deer. And uh, I, I never did see him, uh, never did get a, uh, even a glimpse of him except on the camera. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, checking my trail camera out there and see if uh, he's still around. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, we'll have a date uh, come next year. I think that's uh, again. Yeah, I think that's half but, half the fun of uh, I think ninety percent of the hunting pleasure to me is just being outside, mm-hmm. and and I always say it's the journey, not the destination. Whether you harvest a deer or not, eh, you know it's it's great if you do. If you don't, if you really appreciate everything that's there, that's what the that's that's the pleasure. Mark's got something. Yeah, that's kind of the double edged sword of trail cams, though, isn't it, Craig? It's like uh, Sam has a couple on his land. And we're out there hunting all the time, and then, you know, he'll send me pictures from earlier in the year of just monsters walking everywhere, and so you're like, you kind of have that in your head, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the grass is always greener, right? When you have a nice deer in front of you, you're like, well, there's a bigger one somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, he's, you know, uh, he's coming by at the middle of the night. Uh, Yeah. uh, There's a reason he got so big uh, uh, with it, but... uh, no, Steve, you know, I, I appreciate you letting me uh, uh, come on. And, uh, uh, you know, with my health challenges, uh, uh, it really, uh, you know, I, uh, I try to inspire others to, uh, uh, when you, if you get something like cancer, you know, it doesn't have to mean a death sentence. Uh, uh, there's still uh, plenty of life, and uh, it's up to you to take it. You know, that. Uh, and, well said. Uh, uh, I, I appreciate our friendship, and uh, you know maybe I, I will get you out to uh, to Wild Wings here uh, in the near future. You know that. Well, I'll tell you what, in the near future. Here's what you're going to do because you already talked about this last time we spoke <laughs> on the phone on Tuesday. I think Tuesday you're taking me for lunch. Tuesday or Wednesday? How does that sound? Where you're taking yeah, me for lunch? Yeah, you know, you know what? Uh, I can make that happen. I think. All right. Uh, All right. So, Let me call uh, you tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll call you tomorrow. We'll meet for lunch and just tell stories. I love you, man, and I'm I'm thrilled yeah. that you're still hanging in there. And um, Monica is a saint. She's uh, she's just a saint, and uh, you got you got very very yes, lucky. She is. Yeah. She is, All right, uh, take take care of yourself, uh, sir. We're gonna let you go. We got another guest. You got to hear this story. Listen to the rest of the show. Asher Torbeck. Asher Torbeck's got a hell of a story. Uh, you're gonna love this. Hey, Craig. Thanks for being on the show, and thanks for being on my thanks for being my friend. You bet. Take care. I right, take Bye. care. That's a, that's a cool story, man. Very he's a, cool. He's a, he loves the outdoors, and he's still going. Hey, Mark, I remember what a got? few times knowing him where you're like, you know, yep. he's not doing so well. Yep. You know what I mean? I'm glad he keeps pulling through. Yep. He's a good man. We have some shout-outs here. Thank you, everyone, for wrote who wrote into the shout-out. All you have to do is comment on our Facebook page. If you haven't liked the Vora Doorsman Facebook page or uh, TikTok or Instagram or anything we do, go follow us, the number four outdoorsman. First one is from Chris Keeler. says, my son Max and I hit this ice show today. We'll call it practice for our first season, uh, UP- oh, uh, the UPL. So Chris is going to do the UPL this year. Uh, there's six inches of ice in Sherburne County and a few fish brought topside. Steve Renneberg, our good friend up, up north in Ely, says, great weekend up fishing for big pike in the Ely area. Evening walleye bite has been good and consistent. And seven inches of good solid ice on area lakes right now. 
uh, Shannon Cruz, who I saw at the show, says, only a quick wave this year. He's another one of those guys where I wanted to talk to, but he was just too busy selling stuff. John Marshall said, first time I've not gone to the show in years. He's missed out a little bit. And uh, Corey Bechtold said, had a great time at the ice fishing show. And Twin Cities Walleys Unlimited said uh, they had a great meeting with Jason Mitchell, who I also saw at the ice show. And they're looking forward to their next speaker, John Hoyer, pro angler. I believe we've had him. We on have before. had John on, yeah, yeah. For their January meeting. So tune in for that if you want to go see John Hoyer speak. All right, stick around. Listen to uh, our conversation with Asher Torbeck. You want to hear an interesting story? You've never heard one like this. saying thank you to our first responders and the service men and women of Minnesota. That's something we can all get behind. It's why Bob FM and our homegrown artists have teamed up to create this year's Minnesota Country Salute CD. When you buy a Minnesota Country Salute CD this year, you'll know the net proceeds go to the Minnesota Military Family Foundation and Minnesota Wheels of Honor, two organizations that ensure those who serve us are not forgotten. Say thank you when you pick up your Minnesota Country Salute CD today. Find out where you can buy yours today at mybobcountry.com. You've heard us talk about Devil's Lake for quite a while now, and there are many, many reasons why. To think that 30 years ago, Devil's covered about 85,000 acres. Today, that same body of water is over 160,000 acres, and that story alone brings the curious to visit this wonderful place. But it's the no-slot limit on walleyes with five a day and ten a possession. That's bringing the four outdoorsmen to Devil's Lake as often as we can. Devil's Lake, North Dakota, rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country. Visit devilslakend.com and thanks. Clam Outdoors has what ice anglers need for ice fishing this winter. From portable fish traps and pop-up hub shelters to ice armor by Clam Outerwear and cold weather gear to stay warm on those cold winter days. Along with a wide array of accessories, Clam Pro Tackle, Frost Ice Line, rods, reels, and combos, and so much more. Whether you're a hardcore or casual ice angler, Clam has what you need for ice fishing. Check out the full line of ice fishing gear at clamoutdoors.com. With the great St. Paul ice fishing show over, maybe you didn't get a chance to get what you wanted. Maybe there was a long line. Maybe they didn't have it for the price you wanted. There's a solution for you, and it's Capra's. I'm here with the owner, Sam Oftedal. Sam, what can fishermen do that didn't get what they wanted yeah just come on down by the store we have all the ice fishing stuff in stock from augers shelters everything you need tackle flashers whatever the live scopes come on in we'll give you a deal we'll meet or beat any price at the show who has deals cappers has deals you know the best time of the year in Minnesota is right now just walk in the woods near Ely makes my day whether I bring home a couple of grouse or not and I stop by Arrowhead Outdoors on the east end of town where Chris and Steve tell me and everybody else where hundreds and hundreds of public trails are. The grouse numbers are way up and Arrowhead Outdoors has everything you need for a memorable bird hunt. You got fall fishing, grouse hunts, Ely, Minnesota. That's Arrowhead Outdoors bait, tackle, and hunting camp. Crystal Welding in Maple Grove is your Hineker snowplow dealer. Hineker's quick hitch and trip edge systems makes removing snow easy. Made in Minnesota, Hineker plows are perfect for commercial or residential use. Have a bobcat? No problem. Hineker makes a plow for that too. Crystal Welding in Maple Grove also services all makes and models of plows and salt spreaders. Go to crystalwelding.com. 
All right, here we go. Welcome back to the Four Outdoors, man, everybody. I'll tell you what, right after this show at 7 o'clock, Real Talk Outdoors is on. And like we see every week, we have a lot of fun in the Four Outdoors, man. We just BS and laugh and let people tell stories. But Mark Fisher and the boys, if you want to learn something, uh, that's the show to listen to. Real Talk Outdoors and Bob FM at 7 o'clock. Right now, Asher is with us. Asher Torbeck from someplace in Wisconsin. How are you, young man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How hey, are you? I'm, I'm, I'm blessed, man. Every day is truly a, guest, uh, a gift, as yeah, a matter of fact. Asher, um, you just got done doing some Christmas decorations, didn't you? Sure did. Yeah, <laughs> that time of year. How many kids? Yeah. How many kids you got? You sound so excited. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a blast. Let me tell you. <laughs> how, how many kids do you got, Asher? I got two. Nine and six, so they're still in the the magic ages where they, you know, they get all excited about it. So. I'll tell you what, my buddy um, Sam next to me's got four kids in about the same age. Mark, who we just heard his voice, has three kids: ten, eight, and six, something like that. And you're going to be going through what these guys are going through because Mark's got all three kids playing hockey, and yeah. he. I won't see him again till 2039, probably. <laughs> yep, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Asher, yeah. now you live in Wisconsin. What what town do you live in? So I live in DeForest, Wisconsin, a suburb of Madison. Oh, my, Mark. my mother lived in DeForest, so I'm very familiar. Oh, I'm okay. originally yeah. from some prairie. So you're telling okay. me there's wild animals running around in my hometown woods areas, or what? <laughs> no, the, the story's actually up in, uh, we have family land up in Shawano. Oh, okay. Shawano County, so it's a, two and a half hours from here. Got it. Tell us about your background. Now, Asher, you are in your, how old are you, in your 30s? 39. All right, 39 years old, and you've been hunting and fishing your entire life. Uh, Whole life, yeah. Yeah, who got you involved in hunting and fishing? Uh, my dad. My dad, my family, my grandpa, everybody. with that hunting group is all uncles and cousins, and so my dad. You know, it's fun because most of it, when I ask that question to most of our guests, they're all about the same, and I'm, we have a place in Ely, Minnesota, all of my older relatives. I'm 71. All of my older relatives are gone, but for about the first 15 to 18 years of my hunting, it was all my my uncles, my dad, and and a brother or something, and it was the same guys every year. And yep. the the most memorable po- times of my entire life, whether you got a deer or not. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Deer camp. Yeah, deer camp. <laughs> that's about it. So let's talk about deer hunting. Now, you have been successful. You hunt the same property every year, right? Yeah. So for I gun hunt in that same area. I bow hunt kind of all over. But did you get a deer up there? So this was gun hunting. Did you get a deer bow hunting as well this year? Did not get one this year. Not yet, anyway, but we'll see oh, if I get oh, back out. Oh, that's right. How long does the season last in Wisconsin? So it's, uh, it's, oh, it's the third week in September. So I usually don't hunt in September. It's too hot and bugs. But uh, And then I think you go until January. And I imagine, so I, I would imagine, I would love deer hunting in December when no one else is in the woods. That, that's got to be yeah. fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about your deer hunting story this year. Now, you have, this, this was just the second weekend, I think. Were you hunting in a deer stand? Were you walking? Tell us a story about the deer you got this year. Everybody knows about it for the most part, but uh, yeah. if, it's a great, great story. Tell us what. Tell us the whole story. Start from the beginning. So it was actually the uh, opening day, the opening day of gun season here, which is was it November nineteenth, so whatever the Saturday is before Thanksgiving. Yeah. And uh, so I was sitting in the same stand, I've been hunting that same chunk of that forty for probably at least ten years, twelve years maybe, in that same general area. And I'm sitting there, and I can, we actually go along, uh, there's a, my family owns a deer farm right there, a, a fence, high fence deer farm, it's called Apple Creek Whitetails, and I uh, take the fence line all the way in from a highway, it's about two miles along this fence line, 
and then I walk in a couple hundred yards from there. But uh, I'm sitting along the fence, and I can see it. The fence is like 70 yards away. And I always look over there because, I mean, there's like, there's giant bucks in there. I get to see them all day long. You know, the bucks are giant too, but, <laughs> Just on the other side of the fence. Yeah. Huh? Oh, that's fun interesting. fun to watch, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I'm looking over there. I glance over there once in a while. And all of a sudden, I see something moving. And it's pretty thick. There's a lot of brush that way. But I'm like, but a lot of deer walk that fence line there. So, I look over there, and I see something walking. And I'm like, get the binos up. And I'm like, what? No, what was that? That thing has two legs. Whatever that is, it only has two legs. So I'm watching, and I really think a whole lot of it because I've seen some kind of weird stuff in that fence before. They, they put donkeys and stuff in there and keep coyotes out. So I didn't really think a whole lot of it. Well, about five hours pass, and uh, all of a sudden something's coming through the brush at me. And I've been seeing deer all day. But, uh, I didn't, you know, so I'm getting ready. I don't know what it is. And where I hunt is pretty thick, so as soon as it pops out, i got to kind of be ready. You bet. So this thing's coming through the brush, pops out, and I'm like, what in the world is that? There's an emu walking right at me. <laughs> what? <laughs> He was doing a yeah. he, he was doing a progressive insurance commercial, right? Yeah, right. Liberty, liberty, right? Liberty, <laughs> That's yeah. what it is. Liberty, liberty. A, a, a live emu. Are there emus raised around there someplace? Were you aware of that? So we found this out later. Uh, but so anyway, I'll get I'll get to that. I guess so. The emu is walking toward me, and it gets to me, and it's looking around, looking around. Well, it spots me up in the tree, and it walks over. And they must see way better than deer because it knew exactly where I was. And it came walking right over, and it's looking up at me, like it's doing the side eye thing, where it turns its head sideways, looking yeah. right at me, and I'm looking down at it, like, what in, the, what in the world is this? Yeah. Why are you here? Yeah. So I, the, I text the farm manager, because I thought maybe they had emu, and it somehow got escaped or something. And so I text him, and he's like, no, I don't know what that is. I don't know where that came from. That's not ours. So like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now I'm even more confused. So now the thing walks off. Uh, it actually walked in the direction of my uncle, so I sent him a text and a picture of it. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. There's an emu walking around out here. You know, I'll tell you what, Asher, Asher, my guess is, honest to God, I'm an ethical hunter. I bet bet 50% of the people in the woods would have shot that thing. I I, I bet, you know, because to pay the fine because no one would believe you. Hell of a drumstick. (laughs) Hell of a drumstick. Yeah, I mean, they look just like a big ostrich. A lot of those comments, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So then it gets, uh, it walks off, and I was just kind of baffled, and I went back to deer camp. I had taken a bunch of pictures of it. I'm like, no one's going to believe that I even saw an emu while I'm gun hunting. <laughs> and so I took a bunch of pictures and videos of this thing walking in. So then uh, we're laughing at the back at deer camp. Well, then we ended up going to the bar that night out to dinner, and uh, we're talking to some locals, and they're like, yeah, there's a, a place uh, just on the road that actually had four emus, and three of them escaped. And uh, two of them were caught already, but one of them still wandering around out there. I don't know where it is, and I haven't seen it in a week. So I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure I saw it. So, <laughs> I think I did. No, yeah, it was some yeah. other emu. <laughs> yeah, crazy. So then I got a. They, they gave me the phone number of this of the owner, this girl that owned them. So I, and I didn't text her that night because I didn't know if I was going to see it again. But uh, I go out to this, this another stand the next day. So I got in the woods about one, and uh, as I'm walking out there, I go, I'm going to a different stand, like 70 yards further in than where I was at. Because seeing deer over that way the night before. So I'm walking back there, and I'm like, as I'm getting close, there's a dark figure standing underneath my tree again. And it's a totally different tree, but same area. And as I'm getting close, I'm like, oh, that's that emo again. He's standing right there waiting for or she, standing right there waiting for me. So I walk over, and uh, it walks off probably 15 yards or so as I get to the tree, and it's just looking at me. And then I always carry extra clothes and stuff else, and I'll sweat on the way out. So I'm standing there, like, yeah. getting dressed under the tree, and this thing is just standing 15 yards away just looking at me. Never ran away, never did anything, just stood there. 
So I'm like, all right, well, I guess you do you. I'm going to hunt. So I'll climb up the tree. And the thing wandered around my stand for a couple of, actually the entire night. But for a couple hours, it was in about 15 yards away, maybe, just kind of walking around in circles and milling around and eating berries and stuff and just kind of milling around. So I'm just watching it and kind of watching for deer, but I wasn't seeing anything at that time. So kind of let it go, do its thing. Well, then uh, probably about quarter after three or so, it uh, goes about 10 yards from my tree, and it crouches down and lays down and takes a nap. So now it's just sitting there sleeping, and it's, like, curled up in a ball of feathers on the ground. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Well, then I see a deer coming through the woods, and it's coming right at us, and it's coming right in the direction of the email. There's some trails that I'm sitting on over there, and it's walking right along one of those trails. And uh, as it's getting close, I'm thinking, like, this is going to be interesting. It's walking right <laughs> at this emu. I wonder, wonder how this is going to play out. So it gets a little closer. I see it's a buck. It's a six-point buck. And I actually saw that same buck the day before and passed him off, and there wasn't anything that I was going to shoot. So it's getting closer, getting closer, and then it gets about 15 yards away from the emu that's sleeping on the ground. Well, then the emu gets startled, and it stands up really quick. And this buck stops in his tracks, and he's like, what in the world is that? That's the biggest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so now they're having this standoff and they're just looking at it they're about 15 yards apart and I'm 20 yards away from both of them up in a tree and they're doing the head bob thing back and forth yeah. and just kind of eyeing, yeah. eyeing each other up not knowing what to do and so I'm watching this watch play out and I'm, at that point I had no intention to shoot the buck I was just kind of watching to see how it was going to go when it turns sideways and it's still standing there and it's a perfect broadside shot 20 yards away and uh, I'm watching them do this and I, I got to thinking who else in the world can say they shot a buck while an emu was distracting them? <laughs> <laughs> so I yeah. ended up shooting the buck. Oh, God. And uh, he runs off, and I'm, you know, I have to, I'm doing a follow through. So I shoot him. He runs off about 50 yards, and I watch him fall. And I'm like, okay, cool. But I'm like, oh, man, the emu. I wonder if I scared the crap out of that thing after I shot. So I look over at the emu, and now it's maybe moved 10 feet, but it's still standing right there looking at me like, what in the world was, <laughs> what in the world was that? That's so then I climb down, yeah, climb down, walk over, you know, find the blood, and I'm walking. I kind of know where it fell, but once you get in the ground, things are different, you know. So I walk over, I'm following blood, and I got about 30 yards into the track, and I turn around, and the emo is about 10 yards behind me, walking right along with me, along the track. <laughs> it's tracking right along with me. <laughs> oh, my God. Did he help you gut the thing or what? <laughs> so when I got over, I got it out, and it was just standing there about 10, 15 yards away, just standing there the entire time, just kind of looking around, watching me. And by then, it was kind of getting dark, so I got done with that, and I started dragging. I don't know. I don't know where the email went. It might have been standing right there the whole time and followed me out. I don't know. It was dark, and I was focused on other things. So I didn't really think, you know, I, I got back to the uh, deer camp, and I ended up texting the owner then. And I'm like, hey, I saw your email again, and it's been hanging around my stand, so it's probably going to be there again tomorrow. I'll let you know if I, if I see it again. So we got a good laugh. I'm showing them the videos and stuff of this emu walking right up to my tree and looking under me and stuff. So, yeah. Anyway, then. Uh, well, how did you get the emu back? I know it, you had to have somehow got the emu back to your vehicle or to the lady or something. How do you do that? Yeah. So the next morning I went to hunting and it wasn't there at first. Then about 8 o'clock, 8.15, it came walking and walked right to the tree. I went to that same tree again to see if I could see the emu. Yeah. So by then I was texting with the owner. I'm like, I think I know where it is. If I see it, I'll I'll get a hold of you and we'll, we'll get this thing out of here. Because the last, the other two, they had hired somebody that had a tranquilizer gone and they were going to trank it. Um, that's not how that's not what happened. But anyway, this uh, emo comes walking in 8:15, walks right directly to the tree, 
looks right up at me. <laughs> so I'm texting the owner. I'm sending her pictures straight down. And you can see my boots. And the right underneath my tree. So it was kind of funny. And uh, so anyway, the plan was she was trying to line up somebody with a tranquilizer gun. Well, I found out later she was actually in Minnesota and was out of town. I didn't know that because she had kind of bad reception. So our communication wasn't that great. But I ended up getting down to the tree at like 10. And I hadn't heard back, so I kind of walked over to see what if this emu would let me get close to it. So I walk over, and it finally lets me get pretty close, and that's when I took a selfie, which is now getting shared all over the place. But... <laughs> 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 oh, you walk up to something like that in the woods, you got to take a picture. I guess it. you so do, yeah. 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 So anyway, I take a picture, and then I like, I don't know what to do here because I'm not hearing back. I don't know where this thing's going to go. So I end up uh, walking back to my trunk. Well, as I'm walking, just like the deer trail the day before, things followed me the entire way. So then I start taking videos of that, where this emo is just walking right along with me. We're walking out of the woods. And this emo is like 10 yards away, just walking right along with me. <laughs> did, it, did it follow you all the way to the truck, and then you were able to apprehend it and bring it back to the owner? Yeah, so it followed me back to the truck, and eventually I got in my truck and started driving along that fence line. And as I'm driving along the fence line, because it was following me everywhere, I'm like, let me see if it'll follow my truck. So I'm driving on this fence line, and the emo's following right behind me, right behind my truck. Crazy. So I'm taking the videos of, like, me driving, and then back through the window, you can see the emo walking behind me. And every once in a while, I would dawdle a little bit and get far behind. I would take off running in this goofy way with his head flopping around. (laughs) (laughs) And just chase after my truck. So then uh, as I'm driving along the fence, about two miles along the fence. So as I'm driving along the fence, I finally got a hold of the owner, and she's like, hey, I'm out of town, but... Uh, I think my brother can come see if we can get it in his van. I'm like, all right. Oh, here, I dropped the pan on the phone, and I'm like, some candy. here's where I am. <laughs> yeah. So she tells us, me and the brother, we all got on a phone call, and she's like, yeah, if you put a sock over the emu's head, they should go docile, and then you'll be able to load it up and put it in his van. Because we were originally going to get a tranquilizer, and it wasn't going to work out, so we had to figure something else out. So I'm like, okay, I don't know anything about emus. This will be interesting. So. Brother shows up. I think the sock out of your hunting boot would knock anybody out. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, take that one off, yeah. Yeah. So the uh, brother shows up. He tries to walk over to the sock. He wouldn't let her, she, the emo wouldn't let him get anywhere near. So then uh, I decide I'm going to try. I walk over, I finally get close enough, and I'm petting this emo on the neck, and I'm thinking, there's no way I'm going to go get this sock over the thing's head. It's yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah. But I was wearing an orange beanie, and I'm like, let me try that. So I pop my orange beanie off quick, and I put it on top of her head, thinking that if I do that, she's going to go docile. I just can't see or whatever. I don't know. Well, that's not what happened. I put the beanie on her head, and now she starts flopping all over the place, swinging her head around like an escaped fire hose. So actually, that flies off, and we're like, we got to try something else here. Like, it didn't work. I'm going to have to do the sock. So spent some time, worked my way back in, and I'm petting her on the head again. And then I start bringing the, the sock up near her, her head and she's and i was the whole time i'm like she's gonna peck me she's gonna kick me those giant right, feet and i don't right. know what's gonna happen here but i was able to start working it over her beak and i kind of pulled her head and i pulled the sock over her head well then as soon as i did that i'm like i was told she's gonna go docile so i let go well as soon as i let go and i was same thing fire hose flying all over the place running into and trees got a sock yeah god yeah. actually we got one Good minute finish it finish it up in one minute would you all right yeah. so then uh we end up grabbing hold of her and I pick her up in the air, and with her feet just punching all over the place, and I wiggle, I walk her all the way back to the van, and get her in the van, close the thing up, and uh, away they went. God, oh and then we got posted on social media, and I blew up from there. That's an amazing story. I tell you what, you, no matter what you do the rest of your hunting career, 
It'll never top this. You know, next time, next year you'll get a 205 Boone and Crockett something or other, and no one's even going to know. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It happens every day. Oh. I hope you go visit that emu once in a while, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's like, like some of those people from from uh, Africa go visit an elephant they haven't seen in 30 years, and the elephant remembers who he is. <laughs> Asher Torbeck, that's a great story. Keep hunting. Thanks for t- taking the time. I know you told it a thousand times. Uh, one yeah. more is is too many, and I really appreciate doing, the, doing that for the 4 Outdoorsman Radio Show. You bet. Thanks All right, you take, take care of yourself and take care of those kids. Yep, you take care, too. All right, buddy. Hey, we'll be right back after, uh, no. The after, week. <laughs> next week, I guess. Yeah. I guess we'll go to Real Talk Outdoors. Hey, Strewman, Sam, Mark, and Brandon, thanking everybody for listening to The Four Outdoorsmen. Have a great week. Every day truly is a gift. And my buddy Mark's got something to say. Get outside and make some memories.